Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. Well, so here we are, and it's Wednesday, and time for Fika with Anika. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, or God jul, as we would say it back home in Sweden. I thought I'd uh, share with you today a little bit about uh, the Swedish customs of how to celebrate Christmas, as it is a little bit different than what the uh, traditional American way is. You may not be aware of this, but uh, I actually arrived uh, at the tender age of 19 on December 21st, 1974, I arrived with my new husband in Los Angeles, December 21st, 1974. And uh, it was a bit of culture shock. Uh, we were kind of snickering at the, um, at the people of Los Angeles. It was a, a balmy 45 or 50 degrees outside. And we were just in t-shirts and enjoying it. And uh, the uh, poor people of Los Angeles were all bundled up in their overcoats and scarves and hats and uh, not realizing <laughs> that, they, you know, like I said, that it was a, a balmy uh, 45 or 50 degrees outside. It was a couple of days before Christmas, and uh, one of my first impressions of America was uh, driving by the Christmas tree lots and seeing uh, trees being heavily flocked in white and then dyed either baby pink or baby blue. And um, as you can imagine, coming from Sweden, where we do everything kind of a, in a natural way, it was uh, interesting to say none the least. Um, I remember thinking my uh, the expression that, uh, wow, Americans do love a parade. And uh, looking at those flocked Christmas trees in their pastel colors, that um, really uh, told me a lot right then and there of uh, <laughs> what I was in for. So uh, I've spent most of my more of my life here in America than actually being in Sweden since I left at 19. But still, we celebrate in uh, the Swedish traditional way. So I thought today I'd talk to you about how Sweden, how Sweden celebrates Christmas and the, the slight differences and, and uh, how we get accustomed to, to various ways here. So my son being here, born in America, we had to figure out how to celebrate Christmas in the Swedish tradition, but still in an acceptable way because he had grown up hearing the stories of Santa coming from through the, uh, the chimney and leaving presents you know, under the tree on Christmas Day. And in Sweden, what we do is we actually don't purchase our Christmas tree until just around uh, Christmas Eve. That's when the tree is brought in. It's uh, decorated with uh, candy canes and uh, peppercocker or gingerbread cookies and, uh, you know, uh, all natural um, 
lengths of uh, like popcorn or, or lingonberries or, that, or like cranberries that have been strung together. And then, uh, you know, with uh, white Christmas tree lights. Uh, and then the, uh, uh, <clears throat> the presents, yes, they're placed under the tree. But also what happens is, so, okay, so you bring home the tree and you decorate it. The um, Christmas uh, table is spread with all kinds of traditional foods. We call it a, a Yule Bud. And um, after everyone has eaten and drank substantially and dancing around the tree and singing songs, uh, there's a knock, knock, knock at the door, and um, there's a Yule Tomten, or um, the Christmas gnome. And he's the little guy that lives out in the yard or in the barn throughout the year and uh, takes care of things for you. You know, he's a good character. Uh, it comes in and then, you know, he, he distributes the uh, bags, the presents out of his sack to the good children. And, uh, and then he goes off to go back to the barn where you've left a, a dish of rice pudding for him. Now, Christmas Eve is also the day it's a magical, or excuse me, Christmas Eve is the time when the animals talk. So if you're, um, you know, if you're very quiet, you go out there after Yul Tomten has gone back out to have his treat, and uh, you'll get to hear and see what the animals have to say about everything. So the way that we managed having, a, you know, an American son with uh, immigrant parents is that we celebrated Christmas Eve in the traditional way, and then Christmas morning, there was a stocking hung on the uh, mantelpiece, and there would be one present there, and that was our kind of compromise, uh, and how you know the the kids could understand that the uh, they still partook somewhat in the American tradition of getting the Christmas present in the morning, as well of having had them you know the night before. So with that said, I thought I'd introduce you to some of the history behind Christmas and, and why the Christmas celebrations are that way in Sweden. The uh, Swedish word for Yul is a Germanic word. The origin of it is somewhat unclear. Around the year 600, it's mentioned in the Gothic calendar together with Christian religious texts. And around the year 900, the word Yule can be found in a tribute to King Harold Fairhair, in which someone is said to drika Yule, or to drink Christmas. The pretext for the Yule celebration was to mark the winter solstice, when the days start to get longer and the nights get shorter again. The celebration of Christmas at the end of December it's a very old tradition with many origins. Among them is the Old Norse Christmas celebration, which was prevailing in Scandinavia in the 11th century and was celebrated in connection with the Midwinter Offering Celebration. The uh, Midwinter Offering Celebration uh, is when people would sacrifice cattle and perhaps humans to the God's blessing on the germinating crop. The uh, god who was uh, especially hailed to at this time was Odin, who commonly went by the name Jolner. The Yule was Christianized while the rites were forbidden and abandoned when Sweden became a Christian country. Moreover, 
there's a Christian Christmas celebration in memory of the birth of Jesus Christ. The earliest record of these celebrations are from the year 333. 800 years later, this is merged with the Old Norse Christmas celebration. In the Old Norse sources, the pagan celebration of Yule in the Nordic countries is often described as to drink Yule. The central aspect of the pagan Germanic celebration of midwinter was to eat and drink well. To bake and to produce ale and mead were important preparations for the celebration. In medieval wooden calendars and pre-Christian picture stones, this celebration is still symbolized by a barrel of ale or a drinking horn. So the emphasis on food and drink traditions were originally a pagan trait of the Christmas celebration. The Christmas tree was a custom that was imported from Germany in the 1880s. The former tradition of giving joke presents, often a log of wood, was replaced during the late 19th century and 20th century by Christmas gifts given out by the Christmas goat or later by uh, Santa Claus or Yultomten. Now, the story of the Christmas tree begins in Germany in the 16th century. During the 17th and 18th centuries, the Christmas tree started being dressed with candles. The first Swedish Christmas trees were generally decorated with live candles and treats such as fruit and candy. Apples were often hung on the branches where the candles were located to make them more parallel to the ground. It soon became more common for families to make their own decorations with paper and straw. Some families preferred to build a Juskruna, or a crown of light, decorated with cut paper. From around the 1880s, commercial Christmas tree decorations were readily available in larger Swedish cities. The day that people in Sweden buy and dress their Christmas tree varies greatly from family to family, but most of them dressed on December 13th and throw them out by 13th of January. Commonly used decorations today in include baubles, candles, apples, Swedish flags, small gnomes, tasseled caps, and straw ornaments. The house may be filled with red tulips and the smell of pepperkocket, a heart star or goat-shaped gingerbread biscuit. Now, January 13th is St. Knut's Day, and that marks the end of the Swedish Christmas and holiday celebration. Children especially may celebrate it with a St. Knut's party, and that is basically when the Christmas tree is stripped of its, uh, of its decorations and seeing that it was candy canes and apples and, and um, uh, gingerbread cookies. It's a, it's a delightful treat for the children. Yultomten or Tomten, is the being who brings the gifts at Yulafton, the evening of December 24th. The gifts are called Yulklappar and are probably a modern version of the Yule log. Now, again, Yultomten does not climb down the chimney. He delivers the gifts in person. It's often performed by an old man who discreetly dresses up as Yultomten and knocks at the door with the sack of gifts. 
The origin of the modern Yultomte is a hybridization between the pre-Christian being called Tomte and the Dutch Santa Claus. A Tomte is mostly portrayed as a small gnome-like spirit being who lives on a farm and takes care of it or the family while the farmer family are asleep. He might be a gift giver if the farmer treats him and the livestock correctly. The Tomte is an echo of an ancient ancestral cult. It is thought that the Tomte was considered a spirit of previous generations at the homestead, and there are references to them following the family or the clan when they move. Despite its different cultural roots, the Yultomte is today portrayed similarly to the commonly known image of Santa Claus. Traditional foods include a Yule board, which has been prepared with all the classic dishes, Christmas ham, pork sausage, egg and anchovy mixture, gubrara, herring salads, pickled herring, homemade liver pate, wort-flavored rye bread, potatoes, and a special fish dish called lutefisk. The seasonal soft drink, Yulmust, is also served at the Yule board as well as during the whole Christmas holiday. A traditional Yule board is typically eaten in three courses. The dishes include local and family specialties. The first course would typically be a variety of fish, particularly pickled herring and gravlaks, or um, a form of um, cured salmon. It is customary to eat particular foods together. Herring is eaten with boiled potatoes and hard-boiled eggs and is frequently accompanied by strong spirits like snaps, brenvin, or akvavit, with or without spices. Other traditional dishes would be smoked eel, herring salad, baked herring, smoked salmon, crab canopies, all accompanied by sauces and dips. The second course is often a selection of cold sliced meats, the most important cold cut being the Christmas ham, Yulfrinka, which has been glazed with mustard. Other traditional cuts include homemade sausages, liver pate, and several types of brawn. It is also common to serve the cold dishes with sliced cheeses, pickled cucumbers, and soft and crisp bread. Now, the third course would be the warm dishes. Traditionally, the third course begins with soaking bread in the stock from the Christmas ham, and this is called dopigrita. Traditionally, the dopigritan is when the, um, the masters of the estate would eat the ham, and then the, um, the servants would get the broth that came afterwards. And they, so they didn't have the ham. They got to, to dip bread in this uh, wonderful briny broth. So that, anyhow, anyhow is the, uh, the story behind uh, Dopigrita. Warm dishes include the Swedish meatballs, or schöttbullar, small fried hot dogs, prinskorvar, similar to like little smokies, roasted pork ribs, rebjenspjell, 
and warm potato casserole, matchstick potatoes layered with cream, onion, and sprats called Jonsson's Frestelse, or literally Jonsson's Temptation. Other dishes are pork sausages, Fleskor, smoked pork and potato sausages, Isterband, cabbage rolls, Kol Dolmar, baked beans, omelet with shrimp or mushroom covered with bechamel sauce, Side dishes include the beetroot salad and mayonnaise and warm stewed red, green, or brown cabbage. Now, the Lutfisk lye fish, made of stockfish, which is dried ling or cod, is served with boiled potatoes, thick white sauce, and green peas, and is served with the warm dishes or as a separate fourth course. Lutfisk is often served as dinner the second day after the traditional Christmas uh, Yulbord dinner. Yulbord desserts include rice pudding, sprinkled with cinnamon powder. Traditionally, an almond is hidden in the bowl of rice pudding, and whoever finds it receives a small prize or is recognized for having good luck. The ham is either boiled or broiled and then painted and glazed with a mixture of egg, breadcrumbs, and mustard. Beer and the occasional schnapps are common beverages to this Christmas meal. Mulled wine or gleg, ginger nuts and saffron buns are served throughout December. Stay tuned to Fika with Annika. We'll get right back with the traditions uh, that originated from the Vikings. We'll be right back. Fika with Anika. You're listening to KOYTLP ninety seven one Anza. Attention Mountain residents, recognizing community needs in the age of technology, the Anza Electric Cooperative is partnering with the Riverside County Information and Technology Department and Anza Community Broadcasting KOIT to distribute refurbished desktop computers for free to income qualified residents. These desktop computers come loaded with Windows 10 and Home Office. If you're interested in seeing if you or your family member qualifies, the applications are available online at anzaelectric.org, at the Anza Electric Cooperative Front Office, at Lorraine's Pet Supply and in the box outside of the KOYT station. Once you have filled out your application, it can be scanned and emailed to fundraising at koyt971.org. It can be mailed P.O. Box 391-229, Anza, California, 92539, or handed in at Lorraine's Pet Supply, the co-op office, or in the mail slot at the KOYT station. Hey y'all, Lisa here, and I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Feliz Navidad, and Mela Kamiki Maka. Whether you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Solstice, or Festivus, we here at KOIT hope it's a good one. P.S. The fruitcake's in the mail. You're listening to KOIT LP Anza, California. Welcome back to Fika with Anika.
And we're back again to Fika with Anika, a Swede in Anza at Christmas. I thought I would go through, uh, I found this article, I'm not sure uh, where exactly I, where I found it, but it's attributed to Natalie Söderberg, and it's the Christmas traditions that originated from the Vikings. The uh, Christmas is originally intended to be celebrated as a Christian holiday, each year celebrated to commemorate the day Jesus Christ was allegedly born. However, did you know that several of the Christmas traditions that many of us hold dear to our hearts are derived from long before Christianity was even born? Every December, the Vikings would celebrate the midwinter solstice, which is when the night is the longest and the day is the shortest one of the year. They would have big feasts while celebrating for 12 days straight. They believed that Odin, the great god and father of other gods, would ride across the night sky and visit them in their homes. They called it Yule. To this day, the word for Christmas in Scandinavian languages is Yule. Christianity reached Europe while the Vikings still believed in their pagan mythology. And because of the Norse traditions could be mixed with the Christian, turning Christmas into what many of us celebrate today. For those brave souls who have died a warrior's death on the battlefield, the afterlife provided just as little peace as it had done on earth. Every day, the warriors would wake up only to fight in yet another war against the giants threatening the peace in Valhalla. If they died, they were resurrected, and every evening they would participate in a big feast attended by both Thor and Odin. The main dish, you guessed it, ham. Every night, a big wild boar named Sarimnir would be served. No matter how many warriors were at the table, there was always enough of Sarimnir to feed everyone. And every day before the feast, Sarimnir would resurrect to serve as the centerpiece of the feast again just like the ham on our Christmas tables. In Scandinavia, decorating your home with straw goats, so-called Yulbok, is a very popular tradition. The goats have been a part of the tradition for such a long time that many might have forgotten exactly what they represent, but it's believed that the goats were an homage to Thor and the goats that pulled his carriage across the sky, Tengingjörster and Tengrisnir. Those are interesting names for goats. For the Vikings, Yule was strongly connected to Odin. Yule would be the time of year where you could see the gods of gods flying across the night sky, visiting people in their homes. Odin was often depicted as an old, wise, all-knowing, fatherly man, and he would fly across the sky on his eight-legged horse, Slipner. Does that sound familiar? Yep, it's widely believed that Odin is in fact the original version of Santa Claus. Later on, the Dutch decided to take on the Norse tradition and make him into Santa Claus, or as they call him, Sinterklaas. Since it was Saint Nicholas, which had nothing to do with Norse mythology, that perfected Santa Claus and made him what he is today, the bearer of gifts for the good.
This is interesting, the 12 days of Christmas, since 12 days of Christmas is a tradition far more popular in the United States than it is in Scandinavia. Nevertheless, the 12 days of Christmas originates from the 12 days, the 12 day long midwinter fest celebrated by the Vikings every winter solstice. The winter solstice is the shortest day and the longest night of the year. The Norse god Baldr, the god of light and goodness, and in general everyone's favorite god, was slain by an arrow poisoned with mistletoe, which was the only thing that could harm Baldr. When Baldr's mother, Frigg, saw her dead son, she was inconsolable. While crying next to her son, her tears fell on the red berries of the mistletoe, turning them white. This made the berries so powerful that they brought Baldr back to life. Therefore, the mistletoe stood for renewal, life, goodness, and love to the Vikings. That's a tradition perfect for Christmas as we know it today. In conclusion, I thought I'd give you five tips on how to survive the holidays like a Swede. So you know that Scandinavia and the Nordic countries are always ranked by the United Nations as some of the happiest countries. Why is that, you ask? Well, one word, logum. Logum is the Swedish word for just enough. The Swedes are masters of finding and maintaining that balance, even when it's hard, like during the holidays. So let's take a few tips from the Swedes on staying cool, calm, and collected this holiday season. Number one, don't stress over the decor. More is less, so use logum, or just enough, as a guide to keep the holiday decor a little more subtle and avoid any unnecessary stress or injuries. Two, have more meaningful conversations. Swedes are known for their reserved and calm style of conversation, so try to ignore the lulls and moments of silence. Take the time to listen and reflect before responding to your relatives' slew of questions. Three, get outside. Head outdoors to breathe in the crisp winter air, reconnect with the world, outside your home. Even the babies in Sweden indulge in the weather by napping outside, or at least until it's too cold. Now that's a whole new story, talking about leaving the children to sleep outside in the cold. Four, retail therapy. In Sweden, the big sale, or melandogarna, happens right after Christmas and before New Year's Eve. Spend your holiday cash on some stylish new threads like those so you head into the new year looking as cool as the Swedes do. And finally, five, when in doubt, fika. Fika is a Swedish tradition usually spent with others enjoying a coffee and a pastry. But you can always fika alone and enjoy in an additional pastry or two or three. I won't tell. So, happy holidays to all of my listeners. Thank you so much for, for tuning in to our local radio station here. If you have any questions or comments, 
send an email to programming at koyt971.org, put FIKA, F-I-K-A, in the subject line, and uh, ask your question or comment in this in the uh, body of the text. I look forward to hearing your comments. You can also check out my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fika with Anika. So, Godur och gott nytt år till alla mina vänner. Hej då! Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.